0: The Voice of Reason, the Voice of Alarm, the Voice of Stats, the Voice of Scouts, the Voice of Kool-Aid, the Voice of Dismay, the Voice of O. There we go. The Royals back on track, notching their third straight series victory as a barrage of different KC bats and big hits get the job done in Game 3 against the Twins. The Royals take the rubber match 11-4 to with 16 hits in getting that third straight series win. And it's Davo, glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation. And we're going to look ahead to the important three-game set coming up with the Detroit Tigers. The Royals are six behind the Tigers. The next goal, obviously, is to get back to 500, but the one after that would be to jump the Tigers, who are six ahead. How does that series look? We'll tell you coming up here in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about this game. It was fun, and we begin with our player of the game, which is obviously Paula Orlando. Although there were a couple other guys that certainly deserved merit in consideration that we'll talk about. But Paulo gets it because he nearly got the cycle. Four for five with a walk. So Paulo is on base five of the six times he came to the plate today. Four for five officially with a leadoff triple against lefty Hector Santiago, who has been a, a complete gas can since coming over to Minnesota, but so had Ricky Nalasco, so no big difference there. But yeah, leadoff triple Orlando greets him with. The Royals get him home on a low-cane sack fly right away, which is a good sign. Opposite field style in that top of the first inning. Fourth inning, how about Paulo taking him deep? Two on, two outs. How big of a hit was that in this game? And then, of course, two singles with a four for five, a walk included. Nice job for Paulo tonight. Continues to, in a way, beat the odds You know, in a lot of different ways. When you consider him coming out of Brazil, which is obviously not a baseball hotbed, I believe he was just the third major league player to play in the big leagues from Brazil, joining guys like Jan Gomes, the catcher for Cleveland, and the former White Sox pitcher. What was that guy's name? Nieto? Not Nieto. What was that guy's name? Anyway, there's another guy from Brazil that played for the White Sox as well. But Paulo, you know, defining the odds that way and and his swing early mentality. Only about four other hitters in baseball swing at more pitches than Paulo Orlando does. And, you know, the dreaded bat pip, you know, batting average on balls in play would seem to say that Paulo Orlando, if he doesn't learn to walk a little bit more and be a bit more selective, eventually it will come back down to earth. But he continues to just game after game disprove that theory right now. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And a very intriguing guy is Paulo Orlando. We talk quite a bit here about how we feel like in right field he's below average defensively. But it looks like he plays big league average or better in center field field you saw a couple of awesome throws on the last homestand you see him run down some balls in the gap and he looks pretty good out there in center field I would say below average and right but he definitely you know center more of his natural position the position he played more in the minor leagues looks very comfortable out there so if he continues to play plus defense and center you know there's been rumblings that Lorenzo Cain might be the most tradable of the Royals pending free agent bats, you know, pending being at the end of 2017, I mean. The guys like Alcides Escobar, who the Royals will pick up his option, and Hosmer and Moose and uh, Kane and, uh, you know, a number of those guys that are in the last year of a contract next year. A a decent chance that the Royals do want to get a starting pitcher or another arm they'd probably have to deal one of those guys to do that because there's a brutal free agent class, not much there in the realm of starting pitching, and the little that there is there is going to be out of the Royals' price range, especially with arbitration knocking the Royals' payroll further north, than it already is, and some other backloaded contracts as well. So, you know, uh, Apollo Orlando, a guy that's very important going forward for this ball club, and glad to see Ned put him up in the leadoff spot, get him the most of bats possible. Also, he'd be, what, number four in the American League right now and in, in batting? You know, Jose Altuve obviously going to win the batting title. That kid, it rolls out of bed and gets three hits every game, except for today, the one day I play him on DraftKings. <laughs> but, you know, Paulo Orlando, a very, very important player. It's good to see him playing well, and he really does allow the Royals to do a number of things going into next year as far as massaging the roster, trying to get yourself another arm, because the Royals are going to need another good starting pitcher, another guy similar to Ian Kennedy this year or what Edinson Volquez was last year, to go along with Kennedy, Ventura, Duffy, And then either Minor, Vargas, Young... Strom, Mills. And those guys will be competing for that fifth spot next year. So the Royals will need to get one more arm. And if they can deal a guy like a, a Kane or whoever, that would be because they feel comfortable with what they have in Paula Orlando and some guys coming up in the minor leagues that could play the right field, such as Jorge Bonifacio. Maybe they move out Hunter Dozier. Uh, I don't think Chesler Cuthbert's going to play at a corner outfield, but you never know with Athletic as he's been. I believe, uh, you know, I believe he and Moose will split third base with Moose playing 75 to 80% of the games at third. Chesler DHing some. I'm playing second a little bit, but that's a different topic for a different day. The point being, nice game by Paul Orlando, and he gives the Royals some nice roster flexibility going forward. Now, we mentioned Low Kane a second ago. He's doing great today. How about four for four with three RBIs and two runs for low? Alex Gordon continues to get that batting average going north and appears to be turning back into Alex Gordon, having better at bats, hitting the ball harder. Two for five with a run today, Alcides Escobar. Very nice at bats. Three for five with two RBIs and a run. Even Christian Colon scores twice without getting a hit or a walk. The Twins are brutal on defense. My God, it was like watching the Bad News Bears out there on defense. What was that? What did we see? You know, there there was it could have been five errors really on the Twins infield defense. I mean, it was just like. If they weren't having the ball go through their legs or deflect off of them, they were bobbling, bobble. Even, like, the the plays of routine that were made were like, you know, you're holding your breath if you're a Twins fan. So, you know... It just shows you right there when you give teams extra outs and give teams extra opportunities. That's what the Royals used to do for all those years. People used to always say, you know, the Royals the last couple of years have kind of are, are kind of what the Twins used to be. Remember back in the 90s, if you're a longtime Royals fan or even the early to mid 2000s, you'd go into the Metrodome and you'd be like, man, this is a ghetto ass place to play baseball, right? It's a horrible stadium to play baseball in. Horrible, right? And The Twins would have a roster full of guys that you'd be like, oh, this guy's not good. This guy's not good. They lost all these really good players from last year. Now they're not going to be good. And they'd always like hit bouncing balls and, you know, find holes and, the thing about them is you were so annoyed by them, but they didn't make mistakes. They played very good defense. They played good fundamentals. They were they had athleticism. It's what the Royals have been the last couple of years, so it's kind of again, it's funny seeing the team that the you know the Royals used to be is now the Twins, and vice versa, the Royals are now the Twins of what they used to be. So kind of interesting, and hopefully that'll continue for a good while longer. The Royals owe them about eight more years until we're even of dominating, of dominating the Twins. Overall, Hector Santiago gets punished. Seven earned runs in four innings, nine hits, two Ks and a walk. Not looking good out there. How about this stat? The Royals had six two-out RBIs today and six for 18 with runners in scoring position. Nice job by the Royals' offense. Now, pitching-wise, Edison Volquez was good enough. Six innings, two earned runs. There were four overall. Of course, a couple of them came off of the air from Eric Hosmer. But two earned runs and six innings for Volquez on five hits. Strikes out three and walks a hitter. Just typical Edinson Volquez that we've seen this year. Not the guy who who was never a strikeout pitcher last year, but a guy that had the capability of going out there and having a big strikeout night. We're not seeing that too much this year. We're not seeing a guy who's missing as many bats, and we're seeing a guy who struggles to put hitters away with two strikes and who's prone to the big inning, both in the first inning and then once you get to the middle innings. So perhaps a guy getting, you know, towards the – twilight of his career towards the last three, four years. And no shame in that. Vluka has had a great career, and I'm sure we'll have a couple of more good seasons in him. I don't think it'll be in Kansas City, though. The Royals cannot give him a $16.2 million qualifying offer after this year. But a nice job by Eddie today. Good to see him get the win. Chris Young, how about his first big league save? Three innings for Chris Young. No runs on one hit with three Ks and a walk. Sorry to get a drink of water there. All right, so the Royals now six back of Detroit like we talked about at the top. So a series you've got to at least win. You can't call it a must sweep if you want to catch Detroit, but we're not getting too far away. We've only got 45 games left on the season. So the season is essentially 75% of the way over now. You're three-fourths of the way through pretty much. Six back with 45 to go. you got to kick it up in gear here. You want to get back. You know, you'd love to sweep and get back to 500 and back within three of Detroit, but you've got to get at least two of these, and I think the Royals will. These matchups really do... In my opinion, favor the Royals. All three of them. I like the Royals in all three of these games. I think the Royals will get two of them, but it would not surprise me if they sweep. I do. I do think the Royals will get their 4 straight series victory, though. Let's take a look at it. Ian Kennedy in Game One against Daniel Norris. Kennedy six and nine with a three nine one. Norris one and oh with a four even ERA. Now Ian comes off six and a third against the White Sox, giving up just one run. Does not have much sample uh, as far as facing Detroit hitters, but in what he has, Ian. Kinsler is 7-for-12 with the home run of four RBIs, so 583 and 12 at-bats. Miggy, 3-for-8. Justin Upton, just 3-for-11, but does have a home run against Ian Kennedy. The lefty Norris will make his second Detroit start of the season. His other start was five innings at Seattle, one run last time out. Nothing special, but a guy who's obviously overcome a lot and a guy that's tough not to cheer for when it comes to Norris. The Royals have only seen him once. That was last year. And no more. No Royal has more than four bats against him, so not much to really talk about as far as history. You got to let the Royals in this one against the lefty Norris? Because I, I, I just like Ian Kennedy. I'm a big fan. Even though there's, uh, you know, I, I started off thinking he was a, the steal of the offseason in the first few months, and I was slightly disappointed there for a few weeks, but he steadied things back out. I mean, look at the numbers. They're not bad right? A three nine one. 9 one That's slightly higher than you'd like. You're hoping for 200 innings and a 3-6 to 3 seven, 5 out of Kennedy. Probably won't get to 200. Still has an outside chance, but certainly could get that down from three nine one into the three seven three seven five, 5 which would be a nice season for Ian Kennedy, and I like him in that ballpark, especially, against Detroit. Now, Danny Duffy, Justin Verlander in Game 2. Uh, you know, when it comes to Duffy, where do you even start? 9-1, and one, a 2-8-2, two, two, the American League's lowest ERA by a starter. 4th and Per nine, best winning percentage in the AL for a starter at nine and one. The whip up there at the top, on and on and on. Danny Duffy, perhaps the most important, not perhaps, but the most important stat is that the Royals are 14 and three when he starts a ball game this year. Now, Duffy, a complete game last time out, you remember, against the White Sox, one run and up and down against him and the lineup for Detroit. Really, only one guy who's owned him, and that's Victor Martinez. Victor three twenty-one with two home runs in twenty-eight at bats against Danny. Miggy is two twenty-two and twenty-seven at bats. Kinsler just two seventeen in twenty-three at bats. You got to love Danny Duffy to keep this going. Seven, we'll, we'll say seven plus innings, two runs in this matchup. And I think the Royals will be able to put three or four up against Verlander. But he has been in a complete role. A nice rebound season for Verlander. Really is. Now, I mean, overall, uh, the 3-4-2, obviously, is really good. The strikeouts are back up. He's 5-0. His last eight starts with a 1.78 ERA is Verlander. Last time against Seattle, seven innings of one-run ball. But the Royals have had some pretty good success against him individually. Lorenzo Kane is 300, but the home run? In 30 at-bats, Kendry's 320 with a home run. In 25 at-bats, Paulo, 2 for 6. And how about this one? Saving the best for last. Billy Butler is about the only other guy who hits him as good as Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez, 469 against Verlander. in 49 at-bats, so a pretty good sample. 49 at-bats, Salvi hitting 469 with two home runs, 14 RBIs. How do you even do that? How do you have 14 RBIs and 49 at-bats against one pitcher? It's amazing. I like the Royals to get game two. And game three, I like them too. I, I'm telling you, they'll probably win two of these, but I, I, I'm not too far off from predicting a sweep. I'm not going to go there because the bats aren't consistent enough, but I'm not too far off from predicting a sweep here. Yordano Ventura, Annibal Sanchez in the finale. Ventura, 8-9, and nine, a 4-6-0. Sanchez, 6-12, and 12, a 6 What happened to him? Yikes. But don't let that deceive you. He's been better. Annibal Sanchez... Gives up a career-high four home runs his last time out. That's not good at Texas, obviously. Eight runs on eight hits in four innings. But before that, had been doing very good his last few starts previously. So, a guy that the Royals should and probably will hit, but not necessarily as bad as the stats indicate. The Royals historically have not been great against the Sanchez. There was that stretch a couple years ago where he just owned the Royals, but individually 2-for-6 for Cologne, 3-for-6 for Orlando. Kane is 292 with a home run and 24 ABs. Haas, 294 with a homer in 34. At-bats, as far as Jordan Ventura goes, at Minnesota Friday night, how good was that to see? Nine strikeouts? Love seeing him miss the bats, because we keep talking about that, how important it is for him uh, as a guy who probably is never going to have pinpoint control. Although he did only, want, you know, only walk one the last time out in seven innings. That's impressive. Just, you know, three runs in the seven innings, 9Ks, one walk. But if he can get those strikeouts back up like that where it's close to or at a strikeout per inning, good things are ahead for Ventura. And, I mean, how about August? He has a 2.89 ERA in three August starts. Uh, the The Tigers have had two guys do well against him, Miguel Cabrera, 313, In 16 at-bats, J.D. Martinez, 385 in 13 at-bats. So all in all, I like the Royals to get the job done. Definitely win this series. I'm very confident they'll win this series, and I'm not too far off from predicting a sweep. If the Royals were swinging at-bats a bit bit better right now, I'd predict the sweep, but I will go ahead and take the Royals in two out of three in this series. Now, keep it here. We'll have another current Royals interview this week. You can all subscribe to get our latest interviews. We're here with you on your dish as much as we can be. Not as much as I'd like this summer. It's been a crazy summer. Trying to be with you two out of three games has become more of a a three-time-a-week thing. Not quite. Two out of three games, but a little bit more than every other game, as you can tell if you go back here. But we'll be back with you a couple times during this Detroit series, and we'll have the current interview this week. We do a current interview each week during the regular season and uh, a former interview during the offseason here on clubhouseconversation.com. You can subscribe on iTunes that way and have the, the episodes and interviews downloaded automatically into your iTunes. That's kind of cool. You can follow us on Twitter for all the latest, at Clubhouse. And Facebook as well, Clubhouse Conversation. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Go Royals. Go get those Tigers.